Welcome back to Never the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Each show myself and a co-host pick apart a comic series, a run or collection, and try and see what makes it tick. This week, fresh from a triumphant thought bubble, is the Don of the Icefields, Mr. Alan Henderson. How you doing, my friend? Greetings. Good to be back. Yeah. Having having pressed the flesh, or under, <laughs> in, under COVID conditions, obviously, um, <laughs> with, your, with your good self. So, yeah. yeah, we're only one table apart. To be fair, we didn't talk enough during the convention, were we? Because we were sort of quite busy, but we saw each other in the evenings. Yes. Although you didn't no, make the- it to Trotters, did you? No, I um, we we found a nice comfy seat in the in the pub that we were in and decided that, that yeah, the, the call of the uh, the three wheeled car was not enough for us. <laughs> so I don't blame <laughs> you. In general yeah. terms, did you have fun or what? What was your thoughts on it this I, year round? It's a different I, one, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little bit different, um, but it was was busy, um, but not 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 crazy busy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it felt that the you know, the footfall was down a little bit, though I'm told that it, it wasn't. I'm told That's what I've heard. Yeah, I heard it was um, like up or something. Was that right? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know if what – it might be that more people were buying tickets on the day than, okay. you know, yeah. maybe that's what they're counting. I don't know. But anyway, it, it felt quite – you know, and maybe it's because the, the aisles were big and spacious, spacious that it felt – you know, but the people that were there were, were spending money. Um, right. And there was lots of um, you know lots of new things for people to buy, so I think that was you know, was good from that perspective. Yeah, um, it was really good to see lots of different people that uh, we've only seen electronically for yeah, the last two years. Isn't that the truth? Um, yeah, you know, and have some some good chats. And it was I, I had a, you know some really nice experiences of actually people coming in to find me to say hello, which <laughs> makes a makes a change from it usually being the other way around. Yeah, um, yeah, I know so that, that was quite nice from that side of things. Yeah, we had a good time. I mean, I think the nature is a bit like yourself. We know so many people by now. You you, you do get a sore throat chatting to people, don't you, all the time? Yeah. Um, every time I sort of thought, oh, I'm going to rest my ass and sit down on this seat, someone would turn up. And you, I never liked speaking to people sitting down, you know, so I always, mm. always think it's a polite thing to do, to stand up. So there's a bit of that going on. Um, I could have done with some back issues, I'll be honest with you. There wasn't really any sort of single issues to buy, was there? Um, either think- new or old or whatever. Yeah, and partially because of the the the, the lack of American guests for um for yeah. these reasons, I think that meant that the the tone of the con was it had very little superhero feel to it. Yeah, that's which true. Meant yeah. It had very little big two feel to it, or big three, whatever you want to kind of. Yeah, which all all of which meant that you know there wasn't anything of that sort of back issue L or that when you talk back issues, you're meaning the, the long box deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, there was nothing like that at all. There was, you know, there was a lot of fresh small press activities. Um, there was a lot of fresh other arty things that weren't necessarily comics. And yeah. You can debate the merits of whether they were there, should be there or not at a comic con. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that it, it was great from that sort of side of things. I'll just, Saying look, we were back together and, and, and that sort of stuff. You know, for those that, that do table things, that uh, it was a different con in terms of how things were handled. In the past, I would say I probably took about ten percent of my my takings by card and ninety by cash. This time round, it was probably ninety five percent by card. Yeah, I think we were so, the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you've, you've got to have a card reader these days, and that, that made it a little bit more awkward for me leaving my table. Yep. Because when the guys came around to cover, you know, when my mates were there to cover my table, 
they they couldn't operate the card reader because it's all on my phone. Oh, that's the same problem we had. Vince had because he was hooked up to it, so we've got Vince to yeah. leave his phone at the table, yeah. and then we managed to hook Dan's phone up. There's no no point trying to ask me. I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, um, I am yeah shocked that <laughs> left you in charge of his phone. <laughs> I know, or, I know. Or how are you going to tell me that you sent a whole lot of messages and he just didn't know it yet? No, we, we um, were quite well behaved. Had we had time to do it, you know, there would have been pictures of my morning <laughs> business and all that sort of thing on there. But uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't have time for that. <laughs> I do he that was every a morning. Man than I thought he was. That was. <laughs> <laughs> At work, we have a morning meeting, and every time I come on, even if, whether I'm late or not, which I'm not normally late, I say, oh, "I'm sorry, I was just doing some paperwork," and nobody gets the joke. You know, every day I do it just to amuse myself. But yeah, I know what you mean, man. Um, I have to say, as much as Harrogate is lovely, the only place anywhere anyone wore a mask was the, uh, the convention hall. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that felt very different for us coming down from Scotland. Right. Because, um, obviously, we the, the mandate for wearing masks is obviously higher in Scotland right. than in England. Um, but you know, we were going into pubs, and we really you could recognise who the Scots were because they were the ones going in with a mask on. Yeah. Um, and that was so it was interesting from that perspective but we've all done our tests when we've come yeah, back yeah i did a couple man yeah i did a couple uh, of flow tests because i thought i'll do one and then i'll do one later just in case it takes a while to show up mm. yeah so i did a couple yeah, yeah. So none of us are pregnant so it's no from that thank god um, and the things we got up to you'd expect it but you know well you go. yeah <laughs> <laughs> good well at least we're home and safe um i've got i'm going i'm going to horror convention in a couple of days and then i am doing the satanic flea market on the 12th in the angel so that that should be quite interesting um but they're the only sort of two things i've got left this year you have you got anything left this year dude at all or? so i'm doing a, an, a christmas fair oh nice good stuff yeah you know, um penguins at a christmas fair what else would you expect so that <laughs> that's um in the, at the start of december and that's me um then it, we'll, we'll wait and see what what happens next year there's a couple of things we've already signed up for and there's a new couple of new big events taking place in Scotland and um, that are replacing the MCMs. Um, yeah. And so we'll wait and see if we can get into them, which would uh, yeah. be an interesting start for, I think that's sort of end of March. But then we, we enter that lull period. Um, yeah. Where there isn't, isn't really Well, anything. it would have been, for me, it would have been troops, but there isn't one next year. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Good. Mm. Well, plenty of time to read comics out. So yeah. what did um, I suggest... Oh, it's, I think, to be fair, it's a book we've talked about a few times, and you said, oh, well, why don't we do that one we talked about? So did you want to say what we've, we're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, so you, we had a switcheroo for once, and you got to pick it, yep. um, which means we've gone for Desert Star, published by Euro Comics, or Europe Comics, I should say. Yep. And uh, this is where I think we need to start off with our um, apologies with regard to how we're going to pronounce <laughs> It's going to be names. terrible. It's going to be awful, um, yeah. But it's um, written by um, Mr. Desberg and Mr. Marini as uh, is the yep. artist, who is in fact Italian. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. yes, yeah. Um, so that that probably gets us on that. Um, and this is um, what we've read is the the first two volumes of, of Desert Star, yeah. um, which is the first story line that uh, that features for that. It's a just double check fifty six each volumes. 50 yeah 55 56 pages yeah. long so um, slightly longer than normal i mean i always think of bond sna as about 
48, so slightly longer, yeah. but not it's, by much. Just, yeah. But not much. Yeah, again, it's in that, that, that fitting, and it has the feel that it's, it should be in the Bond Agency style, in that it, it feels right to be looked at in A4 yeah. um, or you know, a UK annual size in the old hardback version. Yeah. Um, so, and I've read it on the iPad, um, which is, is the bigger iPad. So that, again, it got that feel for it. Um, it is a cowboy story. Or, yeah. sorry, it's a story set in the West. Um, but it's not it's not cowboys and Indians as such. It's more a yeah, intrigue it's, and... Um, it's almost um, a Western mystery in a way, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so just a couple of the other people. So we've got translated by Joseph Larido, lettering by Calix Limited, originally called Le Toil du Desert. There you go. Originally published by Dargard in 1996, so it's quite old now. Published by Eurocomics um, uh, in 2016. Um, like you say, colour interiors, um, fully painted. Um, good. Now, we're going to get on to the book in a bit because we both read it, and I think we kind of both have different opinions, so it's going to be quite interesting. But we're going to start. I only know that because we've texted each other a bit. Yeah. Um, we're going to start. I'm going to start to say. I've got, I'm going to run through a few things first. Are you or have you ever been? That's a loaded question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> a Western fan, Alf. So, you know, if somebody asked me that straight, I would have initially have gone, "Well, not really," but I'll quite happily watch them, but or get yeah. them, or read them. But as I was reading this and looking through some of my collection, I actually realized I have quite a lot of Western comics. Okay. Yeah. And, and so clearly I'm more of a Western fan than I thought. Um, and I think that's partially because the definition of what a Western is, 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 is open to, to multiple routes. We get a lot of modern Western quoted about things, don't we, these days as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, but I realized I, I've got quite a lot of Western books or, or books set in the late 1800s in america okay. <laughs> when things are going west yeah. where there seems to be a lot of a lot of horror books coming to that and mystery books that okay. come into that because they play a lot with the traditions of the native americans and um they play a lot with the you know the the, the fact that it was an unknown and when you've got an unknown you can create other mysteries around it. So I think there's a lot of a lot of that comes into play for that. And there's certainly yeah. a few books that I got that fall into that sort of category. Um both in terms of being published by the the, the bigger companies and um and by some UK small press as well. Oh yeah, well let's let's run through a few of those titles, mate. Yeah. So I mean obviously the, the you know the big companies based Jonah Hex is probably the most obvious one that yeah, comes I, into that. I genuinely think the work that um, Palmiotti and Gray did on that is some of the best writing in DC. I yeah. absolutely love it. The I, I do like the Moritat stuff, but the stuff previous to that, previous to the New Fifty Two, where we had like um, it was like a revolving artist thing going on. And Darwin Cook does one of those. People forget, don't they? Everyone goes on about Darwin Cook, but he did a brilliant, you know, a brilliant story in that as well. So John, John Hex has always been one of those characters, though that's never really broken through. Yeah, but has always been there as that option character to turn around and go particularly if you've got a character traveling through time or something it's yeah. the oh yeah have him meet john hex because it places everything in context so that means that everybody can say oh yeah i will have a crack at john hex yeah but it never seems to have this as you say the you know the Harley piece was probably one of the bigger ones for the turnaround said let's make it a thing um but again even john hex stuff it's often got that mystery and um the, you know the darker elements of the DC universe are playing into it as yeah. well. It's not just uh oh here's a cowboy, here's you know he's 
wearing a star, he's off to do whatever, you know, it's, it's high noon. It is much more about, say, a sort of mystery novel piece. So that that's one of the ones that's in there. Um, in, in the UK small press piece, you've got Western Noir that comes out on, yes. a, on a, a story yeah. basis. From, um, um, who does that again? Um, it's Dave West and... Oh, it's oh, it's, the, it's the company that puts out the book with him and Ian Ashcroft, isn't it? And I can't think of the name of them now, but I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the... Andy Bloor does books with them as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's there's been loads from that sort of side. So they, they come out on a you know, and they're still publishing as far as I'm yeah. or that that as a series is still coming out on a on a regular basis. Yeah. Um it's from Accent UK. That's go. it. Good work. It's, Good work. Yeah. I can type quietly if all we'll praise Google. Um, so no, Accent UK put them out, and that's you know some great stuff that comes out from that. Um, Gary um, Crutchley is the is the primary artist on that. Oh, nice. But again, it's a mystery book that's that's in with that. Um, and then one of the other books that I've shared with you recently um, takes me back to the Bristol days of of comic cons. Yes, uh, I have it here. Yeah, you very kindly bought me this, um, yeah. which is West by Andrew Cheverton and Tim Keeble, which was. It was coming out as issues via the various cons, okay. Uh, and then they, they collected them into a couple of books um, towards the end. Of it. Sadly, they've they've kind of drifted away from comics because they they weren't doing particularly well at conventions and stuff for a while. Okay, it's just yeah. a shame. But that's so. But um, Tim Keeble still does work for one of the Doctor Who magazines on a regular oh, nice. basis. It's got a little uh, pulp, pulpy feel to it. That. Oh, it really you know, does. And I think yeah, that's probably yeah. why it really properly spoke to me. Yeah. It was the book that converted me into small press. Oh, <laughs> so, maybe you signed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got one of the covers actually up in my, my kitchen. Which is, <laughs> you know, You're a lucky man. Go, my missus won't, really my missus won't let me put anything out. I tried to convince her I could put a Silver Surfer poster up in the living room. That didn't go down well. She didn't talk to me for about three days. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is that you, you can get away with some of the Western covers and stuff yeah i mean because you kind of go it doesn't really look like comics it looks like a western so yeah. you, can, you know it, so therefore it just it's just a nice piece of art um so yeah so those are the uh, but again that that starts off as a, a probably a straight sort of western piece where it's a guy <sighs> returning home following the the civil war and yeah. you know and all this of that but actually the second book of that it moves into a little bit of ghosts and horror and mystery as well. So it's an okay. interesting sort of sort of take this with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so the only other book, Western-wise, that I definitely want to mention yep. is, and this is going to be, again, the pronunciation piece, um, Inde, which is I-N-D-E-H, which is a story of the Apache Wars. Now, it's, it's written, actually, by Ethan Hawke, as in yeah. the actor Ethan Hawke, um, who actually has Native American um, heritage, so that's why he he was involved in writing this, right. um, and it's drawn by Greg Ruth. And lovely it, man, you, you sent me some pictures earlier. Absolutely lovely yeah. to look at. All done in a sort of pencil grey type effect um, with with certain ink washes and stuff on top. But no, it, it, so I, I I highly recommend that. Um, it's um, it, it's more of a, a, a a true tale of um, of the Apache Wars and yeah. um, how the Apache Nation invaded Mexico and stuff, and how that, that didn't necessarily go well for them in the long term. Um, but yeah, so that nice. again, all of this just builds up the fact that I, I actually read a lot more westerns than I thought. We um, love which, it, really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean for me, I, there's never been a moment in my life where I haven't been reading something to do with the the old west. You know, I think. Mm. 
I'm of an age, I'm slightly old than you, Al, but I'm of an age where I would watch The High Chaparral and Bonanza on television on a Sunday afternoon and stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, El Dorado, I watched two days ago, the John Wayne movie. I would watch John John Wayne movies. And um, I, I used to read all the New English Library, you know, the sort of, they were yeah. like violent Western novels, you know. Um, and then when I was old enough, my father bought me Bury My Heart, Wounded Knee, um, which is a history of... Um, um, Native Americans, and it is still to this day the saddest book I've ever read. It's an incredible book. I've read it a few times, um, and um, from there, it's sort of I do really enjoy it. I think we don't get enough westerns in the UK or the US comics market that you know the one that we're used to than we do in Europe. It's, I was chatting to um, uh, Nazelli from Europe Comics about this, and she says it's incredible. She says we get Europe's full of westerns, you know, <laughs> western comics everywhere. But you try and get a decent one in the states at the moment, and there's not that much going on anymore. So I thought I'd name a few. Just um, one that I sent some images from you to you today was the Undertaker, Xavier uh, yeah. Donison, and drawn by the amazing Ralph Meyer, um, who to me is like the spiritual um, son of um, Giro of Mobius, you know. From the Western yeah. point of view, not not quite as talented, but still just beautiful lines. I, you know, I just admire his stuff so much. Um, obviously, Blueberry, um, Scalp Hunter at DC was another one. Um, mm. Sort of late Bronze Age, I suppose, rough, uh, mid 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 Bronze Age onwards, isn't it? it? Was was quite an interesting Western book. DC to me, I know you're more a DC than a Marvel, but DC seemed to have more of the Western characters, didn't they? Really. Um, well, again, out of its heritage, when you know it had House of Mystery, it had House of Secrets, it had weird world tales, and then it had yeah, it just weird Western tales. Yeah, we've like got that, Batlash you know? as well. Yeah. was another one. Yeah, yeah, some really interesting stuff. And you get a lot of Joe Kubert on them, wouldn't you? Joe mm, Kubert was yeah. involved in it all, um, which I really loved. Um, there's a great book out of Image called Desperados, which is world we're looking up, and obviously there's the Dynamite stuff because they do the pulps, they do the Lone Ranger, and they did the Django Unchained comics as well which are actually the lone ranger ones are actually really good like mm. really worth looking out for um a couple of other ones uh european ones you've got chinaman um and which then became the tiger awakens by sergey latondra and oliver olivier olivia taduk and I, re I recently read all of them i think it's about if you read all of them I think it's about 15 and they are fucking incredible just right. amazing um, it's about um, a Chinese immigrant into the States and he was working on the railroads as a lot of the immigrants from China did and he becomes a gunfighter and it's just beautiful, just incredible. Um, you've got uh, Sykes by Pierre Dubois and Dimitri Armand, um, which is another book out of Europe comics. Um, you've got um, Stern by Julian Maffray, which is also brilliant. Um, the one that is probably the most popular Western comic I'm going to say ever is a, is a series called Tex Comics, yes, um, which is I'm going to say Spanish or Italian, one of the two. I'm I, never I, sure. I think it's yeah, yeah, Central European. That's certainly yeah. That sort of I thing. bought it in both languages, and I'm not sure which. But Cubert famously drew a few, didn't he? Yeah, no. So I've got I've got a Cubert version of that. That's yeah, that's very nice. It's that and Dylan Dog are always the ones I buy at Italian airports. You know, <laughs> it's the sort of thing. Um, and a couple by Azzarello, um, El Diablo, which I didn't read. Of course. And um, Loveless as well, which was a Vertigo book off the top of my mm. head, which was a fucking dark as fuck. Jesus. Like really depressing stuff. Um, and Azzarello brought that sort of 100 bullets mood to it almost. Yeah, certainly in the El Diablo one it was, yeah. Yeah, God, dear. 
Yeah, and um, the last one is Zargo, which is Sergio Bonelli and Gianfranco Ferri, um, which is currently being put out, which is kind of like a cross between a Western adventurer who's got a bit of Tarzan, a bit of the land that time forgot, a bit of everything going on it. But it's sort of, I'm told, primarily a Western, or the one I, the one I read didn't seem to be. But, uh, yeah, I'm told it's got that sort of Western vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And and through that, I mean, I, I've i still got a love of... I watched Open Range a few a few months ago. I think that's incredible. I mean, Dancing with Wolves, everyone laughs a bit at Costner these days, but that's a brilliant movie. I fucking love that movie. And um, the big one, which I, I currently am on about halfway through season one on a rewatch, is Deadwood. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? Or I did. So yeah, and I and I've never seen the movie. Um, right, pick that up at some point. Yeah, um, the one that came out a couple of years ago. That one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You'll enjoy that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really, I really like that. And there is a touch of that in this book, isn't there? There's a that sort there, of there's a bit. Yeah, I have to say the one book I expected you to mention that you haven't. Okay. And admittedly, it's perhaps it's a bit more sort of future set in some ways as well. But uh, I expect you to bring up Scout. Of course. Um, yeah. Truman. Yeah. That was the other one. I thought I'll not mention it because Tony. Uh, yeah. Big, such a big Truman fan. That is true, um, man. It's like it's like a western meets Mad Max, isn't it? Really. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I think is that that whole thing. You can one of the things that about you know, the western genre, it gives you that opportunity to say there's a lot of space, which means you can do lots of things. Yeah. And you know you, that that you know, and, and you, you don't meet people all the time, so you've got you know, the, the, the the space that it gives you allows you to stretch stories in, in different yeah. directions. And I think the thing for me, and we'll talk about this when we get to the story, is there's no help coming. Mm. You know, there's just zero help ever coming your way. You're fucked. You know, yeah. it's just you, and you, you depend on yourself in the yeah. in the sort of Western situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is some great books out there. I I love I love the genre. I think it's great. I think we need to, we should be doing more about it. I'm sure I've missed out loads of UK weekly kind of Western characters. Oh. You know, there must be. Um, yeah. So the other one I was going to ask you, man, is um, Bon Dessin. It's mm. something that I've always sort of seen little bits of, but not really dipped my toes into too heavily until we got we got contacted by Europe Comics at the ACP. Um, what's your exposure to that, man? So again, it's not as much as it perhaps could have been. Yeah. Now, I again, this partially. I remember going to a lot of the early Bristol's and that, and, and Cine Books used to always yes. have their own, own table there, and in in a weird way, they they scared me off because they used to have this amazing set of deals. Yeah, where they did, didn't they? yeah. I think it would be to be you know buy a book or buy th- buy two books and get third on three. That's and right. Buy yeah. buy four books and get three free and then it was like buy five and get five free but at which point you're thinking well i've got to get 10 books and you just looked at it and went oh i don't know where to start i don't know how to get into it you know and particularly because also they they were reprinting into english series that they knew had long um yeah lucky luke and spiru and um the one i started buying off them back then was 13 yeah, 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 I was going to exactly say that. Yeah. Thirteen is the you know was one of the ones that was in in that ill, and I've read some of thirteen. Um, but I find a lot of those books to be quite text heavy. They all okay. so many of them look brilliant, and then the maybe it's partially the way the things are translated, but it can I just, be you know, yeah, be quite heavy going to to to, to read through them. Thirteen's so, a dense read as well, yeah. and when you think we're used to having what six panels on a page maybe and yes. these things have got like 20 haven't they <laughs> i think they really have 
Yeah. And, and then a speech box in each. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, the, that's, that's not just one or two words, but has, you know, seven or eight words. You know, like, yeah. I'm going to read this much. I might as well just sit down and read a novel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think I find it quite heavy to go with that. Um, but, you know, there, yeah, there was toes that were dipped in there with, with some of that. Um, I think there's one of their books, I think it was called Orbital. Um, yes. It was absolutely yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, I met the dude at, um, um, at, at an event at the Institut de Francais, and he mm. was super nice. What a nice dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was one of their early releases, wasn't it? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're right that beyond that, it was a lot of Mobius. Is probably more where where, okay. I, where I go. Um, obviously, things like Incal, but yeah. also you know, the, I, I I distinctly remember a dark horse version of Airtight Garage. Okay, um, yeah, me too. Part of the yeah. the Arzac, um, universe, um, and you know, and again, I think this a lot of the the Arzac stuff that that Mobius did. It was much more silent comics in terms of its approach, or it had that yeah. feel about it. So it, it was more in fitting with with the sorts of things I was reading. Beyond that, there's a lot of the the, the, the a lot of the French books that I have. I actually was doing the the, in, the inverse in that I was going, you know, I was in, in that the, the library district around um, Notre Dame in Paris, or whatever, oh, and yeah. the books that were there. Rue Dante, the, the what a place! Yeah. yeah. There's um and you know and you go and buy things like the six issues of Watchmen, you know, yeah. when they, because it's all got the different covers. Um yeah. and you go, yeah, I want the French editions because it's presented as big hardbacks that are, you know, A four plus in size. Um and that's you know, you you were I was more getting things of that ilk where I'm like going that's only available in a soft cover in in English. I'm yeah. going to buy the hard cover because it's available in French. Um, I got terribly and, excited in that road, yeah, mm. and, and and forgot my wife for about four hours, you know, because there's, there's <laughs> a multitude of shops in that from a few corners and down that one road. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, you talk about back issues where it's just a long box full of things. But it's when you go into some of those ones, and it's the oh, the, you know, the big cupboards of hardbacks yeah. that are yeah. just going. And again, that's where it's quite daunting for some of it is just to say you know there's the the when they do a series in europe they, they do a series, you know it goes on or for, oh, often for with the same those, team for years well, you know yeah for ages yeah um and that's you know that's an old you know you know we've not mentioned asterix we've not mentioned yeah. tintin um you know all of which is you know it, it touches everybody at some point it's how, how much you get into it i, I distinctly remember reading asterix as a child yeah, that's true. Me too. I was always more an Asterix kid than a, a Tintin kid. I remember yeah. that was the the difference. But I think I'm the same man. I, as a kid, I read that stuff, and I wasn't really aware as a kid as you are. You know, and there was a couple of movies, wasn't there? You could see mm. um, aware that it was French. I just thought it was funny. And then, I, as a sort of teenager or late teens, I was dipping my toe into metal hurling and heavy metal, thinking this fucking stuff is flipping my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking crazy. And you would see on holiday in France, I would always buy, we used to go there as kids, and we would always buy, is it Le Strange, which is the Marvel adaptions, but they always have the, the painted covers. And I would sort of look at some of the other stuff, and it was, like you say, it was a world away, wasn't it? It was so painterly and beautiful and stuff, and I would think, why? We'll never get this. You know, it'll never yeah. make it over here. Yeah. And slowly we saw stuff, like you say, like the Jodorowsky stuff and the Inkle and... Um, um, we got a lot of the sort of the stuff that would come from humanoids, and then mm. the stuff that we, and then later the stuff that when it when it started coming out of orbital, I started thinking, right, this is now begun. We've yeah. started seeing these books, and I like like you, I bought, 
I bought 13. I think I read about the first 12 and I enjoyed it. Um, Orbital. And then also um, one that is incredibly beautiful. And, but like you say, again, super dense is Thorgal. Um, yes. yes, I remember hell, seeing it. Gone the, the covers are all beautiful, and and again, all the artwork is beautiful. But it, it's yeah, it's, it's it's the penetration of it going. Yeah, I've got so yeah. you know, it's so much time in the world. It's a, it, to me, yeah. it looks like a like a Frank Bellamy book yeah. or something like that. But I'm used to Frank Bellamy being like four pages, you know, and this is like 30, well, 40 pages at a go. You know, think what's this? You know? Yeah, you're, you're saying about the you know the the, the Bellamy and the four, three or four, the one that I thought was a European book, but of course wasn't. Was the Trigon Empire? Yes, I was going to say that, man. Yeah, totally. I was convinced because I, I was convinced that must have been European and translated into this. But no, no, of course it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, um, it, and you're right. It has that quality about it, isn't it? And I think back then we were more we more sat between the two the two areas. We more sat between France and Belgium, and then across the sea, we you know the uh, ocean, we we had America, and we were much more in between. But I think our tastes have turned much more to America, and I'm hoping that the tide is changing now with this sort of influx you know led by people like cinebook and even titan and euro mm. comics especially um because they're really evangelists around this and we're seeing stuff like ralph meyer and we're seeing stuff like um geordie lefebvre if you know him he does yes. personal interests some romance just incredible and and as, as i understand it i was chatting to someone a friend of mine who lives in america and he, he lives in la and he was saying shops get the french version in that because all the animators buy it up straight away yeah. They can't keep it in the shelves, even though it's French and the, the animators in LA don't understand it. They just love love the drawings. And they are incredible. You know. Well, we're now at the stage as well, purely from a technology perspective. And I've done this for, I did it with one of our books that we read a couple of weeks back for, for A Tale of Sand, where there was yeah. a whole lot of Arabic. Oh, you, right, just need, you just need to press a button, or you've got an app on your phone where you just point it at, your, at the new comic. Yeah. It translates it directly in the picture in your phone. So, you know, it, it's not it's it's not like the old days where I have sat down with a French version and an English version, and you know, turned pages side by side and gone. I want to look at it on the big page that's printed yeah. in for the French piece, but I'm going to read the read it in the English design. Yeah, um, I still so remember when I go to France. I still use words that mm. in my you know my crap version of French that I remember seeing in an X Men or a Spider Man comic as I read in the back of my dad's car. You know, on holiday. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much of it, man. Um, the other one, a couple of other ones I mentioned, Saga Volta's great. Um, Asgard um, by Xavier Dorison and Ralph Meyer again. Have a look for that one if you can. Um, you just go to Europe Comics. There's loads on there. And it was when Europe Comics started, it was very, um, like you say, like traditional. They printed the long-running, surefire mm. hits that have been going, everything from Spiru through to 13 and, you know, beyond. But now we, we're seeing much more of... Um, the art, the, what we describe over here, sort of graphic novel, art comics, I suppose, um, and there's a lot more of the um, uh, a mixture of um, um, there's books about females, there's books about young girls, boys. You know, there's there's much more of a diversity to it than just this there's sort some of pure, pure stuff in there as well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's some amazing stuff in there, man. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. Good stuff. Now onto the onto the uh, the question at hand. Um, my next question for you is: I mean, much of the conversation I'm sure will take part will take place in talking about Enrico Marini. Um, had you been exposed to his work before? Because I know you you've been a Batman fan. Had you seen his Batman oh, work before? Yes. So right. I had. Oh, let me just quickly change your books from hands. Yeah. yeah, I've got the the Batman, the Dark Prince Charming. Um, yeah. 
I, you know, I'm I'm that sad person. I've doubled it. I have both the the fact that it came out in two hardbacks and then came out in a big hardback collected edition. Oh, I didn't too. know that. I've just got the two hardbacks. So okay, yeah. Yeah, no, there's yeah. If they can get my money twice, they'll they'll, they'll <laughs> yeah, get it no. three times yeah. because that's probably the way. We're I just an open wallet out at this point in our lives. Yeah, it's yeah. A, at yeah. times it feels. Yeah. yeah. Um, did, I, so I have no I have no children, so my child is my comic. <laughs> Don't let your Mrs. E say that. The uh, yeah, you'll be in trouble. You should be a you should be spending on her. But yeah, I know what you mean. I'm the same man. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Did you enjoy the artwork, or did you find it um, jarring, yeah. or what did you I, think? No, no, I, it's the artwork in that is absolutely again, it's really nice, and it's it's yeah. it it takes some choices with regard to character designs and the like, but that's no different than any artist coming in and saying, "I'm going to draw the Joker this way," or "I'm going to do yeah, Catwoman in this sort of thing." So, no, I, I again, I was absolutely. You know, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a bit weird the way they actually published it because, if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. there was something like six months or or more between the two issues, right? Um, and um, you know that 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 was a bit odd. But beyond that, um, no, it was was one of those ones where it was lauded as being oh, here's you know a European artist of of great note coming over to do um, a Batman book, which he himself said that was kind of something he wanted to do yeah so was, i don't imagine it was the the pd for him it was no like, i can imagine he probably took a pay cut but he yeah i, was, I met him at um, i did an interview for the acp with him um in new york uh big shout out to arena who sorted it out and he was the loveliest dude man and i spoke mm. to him about batman he says i just fucking love batman i just wanted to do batman yeah and i'm like, oh brilliant i love that so much do you know what i mean so what yeah. a super nice guy so born um the 13th of august 1969 in switzerland he's italian studied illustration at the basil academy of fine art he uh, claims to be influenced by kniff toth uh shout out for johnny cannon uh john ramita senior mignola herman jordi bernay herge giro and ottimo so there's quite a yeah everyone can be class <laughs> of fucking mix in it <laughs> do you know what I mean? imagine say that everyone say that um after a competition at the BD, the Bon Destino Festival in Sierre in 1987, he got hired and worked in Olivia Veres, uh, um, which is a book with Thierry Smolderen. In 1992, Smolderen and Marini again worked together on a book called Gypsy, which is a sci-fi epic. Now, if you, you that is that has been published as a hard copy. I've got a feeling someone like Viz or someone published it. I've only got it as digital copies and, um, believe it or not, a German version. Um, and that's really more manga. There's a more manga feel to that, most certainly. And it is full of shagging. Absolutely non-stop. Like, from page one in some of them. Um, and it's, when that's, you say it's more manga, is it, does that mean it's more... Um, or it's less painted? No, it's more... It's same painted, but in the figure drawing, I suppose. Is right. the way I should have said that. Yeah, in the figure drawing, it's it's much more big-eyed. You know, the, okay. the face... You know, it's, it's, it's more caricatured. But in a manga style, I suppose right. is where I put it. But it's beautiful. It's, again, it's it's formatted in the same way all the B, his BD books are um, in large format. Beautiful, though. absolutely beautiful. He really captures some stuff in that. Um, he then worked on Raptors, um, Rapace, um, follow, um which is a book about vampire clans. Really good. Um, he's as he's always he claims to be a Western fan. He then worked on Desert Star, which we better talk about, and all, along with Daybook. They created the long-running, who'd worked on Desert Star with, they created the long-running Scorpion series, which is still coming out now. I think he said to me, because he's currently, he's just released a noir book, and he says he's back to Scorpion after that, I think is what he said. Um, Eagles of Rome is something that he wrote and drew, um, which is a sort of Spartacus era, um, one's a Centurion, one's um, 
a Frenchman, sort of half brothers. Really, really amazing book. Again, with loads of boobs in it. Um, he's also written and drawn a couple of, as we say, the Batman graphic novels. And his new book, which I just mentioned, is Noir Burlesque, um, which is currently just come out in France. Um, and I think it's hitting Europe comics soon. Desperate to see it. It looks amazing. Um, and that's, that, again, is another change up in style for him. So when you look, he's done Gypsy's almost manga. He's done the Batman thing. He's done a Western. He's done a Vampire. He's done a Swashbuckler. He's done an Eagles of Rome, you know, a Roman Centurion story. And then he's gone and done this sort of noir book, which is, um, from the looks of it, really beautiful. If you follow him on Instagram, you can follow him at, at Marini underscore art. And on Twitter, yeah. he's Marini underscore comics. The Instagram especially, get on it, because he's forever drawing. Have you watched any of them, Al, or...? Yes, they are amazing. Yeah. So he uses, um, he's still traditional, um, and he uses um, a brush to colour. Um, ex- exceptional to watch. Just one of those things I could just have on my computer while I'm working all day. It's just beautiful to watch him work. <laughs> um, he's previously been a huge fan of American comics as well. Uh, he did some work on Infinity 8 as well, if you've read that. I think that's out of yeah. Scout, not Scout, is it? I can't remember who it puts it out. Um, yeah, a really interesting creator, um, a friendly guy, but there's there's an edge of seriousness to him, and he's not intense or anything, but he he, he takes his craft very seriously, which I kind of admire about Bond Destiny artists. You know, they yeah they well, work their asses off a lot of them. You know, it's they're you know they're they're, they're it's that treatment of it's serious. You know, it's it's the fourth art and all that. It's, yeah. Um, you know, and it's a yeah. You get respect over there for yeah. for doing it, and and it's like this. This is if you get the respect, you put the effort in. In, in a yeah, in a, in I think a, you're right, man. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and um, as Pat is often, Uncle Pat is often fond of saying, France is the second biggest comic market in, in the world after Japan, mm. which is incredible. Um, did you have you done any French cons? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Oddly enough. Um, as part of the book Edinburgh Book Festival a few years back, yeah, um, they they hosted a, a Sunday where they they, they said they would, they basically there was a comic event that went with it. Okay, uh, and it was actually held in the French Institute. Ah, that may be so, similar to the one I, I went to in London. Yeah, they they quite yeah. often have events there. Yeah, so that that was tied. You know, so it was a tie in between, as I say, the Edinburgh Book Festival and um, and that. So that so I've I've been to. Um, Oh, I've, I've I've been to a French con, or I've been to a, a French institute con. Yeah, uh, but no, I've never actually been to an event in France. And again, I think that's that whole, uh, you know, it's the scary thing of going, how does it work? I mean, you've yeah. been on Glam, and you know that it's it's hugely different. Very from, different. Uh, yeah, the way any you know UK event. I, um, that blew my mind, man. It really did. It's um, like I was sitting in we we stay in a bed and breakfast. Um, me and Sam. And we went down for breakfast, and there's a couple of geezers there, you know, and their wives. And in broken French, we have a conversation with them about the comics they love, you know. Mm. So over breakfast in a bed and breakfast in this town, I had a conversation about V for Vendetta with this dude, you know. Um, and then you walk up the bit of a hill, and it's Angoulême is kind of a town on a – it's almost got, got a battlement surrounding part of it. And um, everywhere is a comic thing. So um, the uh, the local hairdressers has got comic art in the window, you know, this sort of thing, the um, – um, what, the, the local opticians has got, um, you know, a Spirou exhibition going on. It's like that. It really is. Yeah. And at the and at various parts in it are these huge marquees, you know, MCM sized marquees um, that have got loads of blokes who look like me and you queuing up to get into, you know, who um, 
who just sort of wander around and, and meet all these incredible artists. And there, there's the odd English. I remember Jock was there when I was there. And yeah. obviously, um, AJ, AJ Dungo was there as well, and John McNaught, who was sort of looking after. But yes, there are some English people there, but these guys, the other tradition I'm sure you're aware of is they will draw in your book for you for free. Yeah. Um, which is why I think you see a lot of these Marini um, painted works going in the front of books. And it's kind of, that's what they do at conventions. That's the bonus of buying a book off the creator at a convention and queuing up for a couple of hours is um, they'll draw on it for you. Yeah, you know, amazing. You know, that- it's, it's, it's always been one of the things when, you know, uh, certain of the books are, or certain European books get reprinted by um, the, the small press publishers in the, in the UK and they come over to things like Thought Bubble or whatever. Yeah. They, you're right. They're always sitting there going, "Yeah, we'll keep drawing in the books every time you buy one." And, yeah. You know, they, they translate that over. Yeah. yeah. I know AJ did six hours. Yeah, I, I literally had to go and rescue him and take him for yeah. a pint, you know, because he'd been there for so long. Yeah. Uh, the writer of um, this book, these two books, is Stephen Desberg, as you said, born 1954 in Brussels, a little older than Enrico. Um, he started his comic writing career on a short stories in the Tintin magazine, um, and he took over on. Tiff and Tondu in in the Spiru magazine in 1980. Um, he created uh, for the magazine Billy the Cat, Mick Mac Adam, and Jimmy Trousseau. Um He is famous uh, in France and Belgium for having the ability to jump between genres um, and age specificity. Um, he's he can write pretty much anything. He's a jobbing writer. He's a comics writer. Mm. That's I kind of admire that talent. Um, he's actually an American citizen, and he has written some stuff about um race relations in the states one called le, le sang le sang noir um he's also written a long-running series called the irs um about the financial world and it's sort of a thriller right you know i've read a couple of that actually. they're good yeah so, yeah yeah really good and that's published by lombard um with artists Vranken. um the other books of his he's written loads but there are some other books online that you can find at Euro Comics. he's written cassio which is a sort of roman saga which is really good miss october which is a noir detective story Golden Dogs, which is full of intrigue, politics, and sex, and a series, a long-running series called Black Ops, which is a thriller series, which again has that um, uh, thirteen style of art, if you know what I mean. That sort of gorgeous sort of art. art. It's, it's you know, some of the cine books are slightly smaller than the BD format. Um, I don't know if you experienced that, but if you can get them, they're in that much bigger format. Those ones, yeah. Again, a crayer. So, the book. Did you want to give a little summary of Desert Star? Oh. Yeah, so Desert Star is it's essentially it's not quite a murder mystery. It's um there's a murder at the at the early on in the in the yeah. book. Um and essentially it's the husband and father who's or the, the wife and daughter has been murdered yeah. and the the husband's essentially seeking murdered and sexually assaulted, didn't they? Almost like uh, yeah. desecrated, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's basically seeking answers as to Firstly, why did it happen? Yeah, and then to seek revenge for for doing so, um, and that involves him traveling from the uh, Washington, essentially, yeah, um, to as far west as you can go at that point in time by train, um, into essentially the middle of nowhere, where yeah. it's the the town that was essentially moving, full, you know, with the end of the railway, yeah. Um, yeah. And and trying to find you know the the murderer that's that's there and as part of that process he befriends a or he is connected with a, a Native American girl 
who is equally trapped into a situation with the the people that are actually involved in the murder and the process then goes along about saying how does he find the the answers to the questions that he has and does he choose to help the girl out and her her compatriots that are that are involved yeah it very that, much probably, plays sorry to sorry go on man you go on I was going to say that that's probably the the you know the without giving away the plot points that's going to yeah it's a difficult one isn't there because there's a lot of twists in this story aren't there and um, if you looked I'm going to say if you looked at the cover of issue one you would think um, his name's Matthew Montgomery isn't it the yeah. you would think that Montgomery was this fucking um, Sean Connery looking hero. Yeah, you, you, know. you told me he was Sean Connery in, in the West, and therefore I was stuck with that image throughout <laughs> my reading it. Yeah. yeah. Um, for, for those that haven't seen it, j- just think um, The Hunt for Red October. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's that period. With his and, Connery with a good syrup. Yeah. Yeah. And and the full beard, but the moustache is, is still dark. Yeah. The, um, yeah. So th- there are a number of twists and turns about w- w- what it, you know, what it means throughout. But, um, and, and it's weird because actually the opening sequence of the book as well, where he's basically he's having an argument with, with the wife. Yeah. While in their country retreat, because <laughs> it's yeah. not even in the town. That has got nothing to do with the rest of the story in many ways, other yeah. than just establishing him as a character who's an angry man. And establishing the possible guilt he feels later mm. when they are killed. Yeah. That's the only other reason I thought for that. And... Mm. Obviously, it gives a chance for Marini to draw snow, which he does so well. You know, another another page of snow. We, I, I obviously love the way he draws snow. But yeah, you're right, man. There's, yeah, this it's that's the only reason I thought back on that because it's a strange. It's almost like a prologue, isn't it? It's a sort mm. of strange, unconnected prologue that you write that doesn't happen in the city and doesn't happen in the West. It just happens in this. They happen to be in a cabin which they own out in the woods. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. I think it shows him as being. He's he's not even an anti-hero. He's not a protagonist or an antagonist. He's he's essentially, a, at points, quite scared, at yeah. points quite bruff, at points quite lecherous, um, and you don't know whether he's doing the right thing until the end, do you? I suppose, and then yeah. even then you're not and sure. I was going to say that there's an interesting juxtaposition between the cover where he looks like the heroic. Yeah. You know, it looks like that sort of high noon piece. We stand in the high, you know, in the in the middle of the the dirt track between the western buildings behind the you know the the, the classic front facade with the yeah. uh, the balcony and everything. Gun in his hand, yeah. I think is that right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you know, he, he looks like he's you know just for, there for a gunfight, but the whole opening sequence basically just takes that away. Going, this guy's not a hero. He yeah. is. It's just you know, quite a nasty man you know in terms of the way he treats his wife initially and and, and that then precludes further when you know he ends up in um in washington i've always assumed it's washington yeah i thought it was Capitol washington building. yeah um, yeah the um and it's just the fact that he's then has an affair with the secretary as well yeah that's very so, polite of you to put it that way alan but he basically shags his secretary over the desk <laughs> isn't he the yeah. which is, is done for erotic value to a certain extent as well i'll be honest with you you know, yes. um, yeah. There's a there's a there's a real power dynamic playing throughout these two books, isn't there? And it flips mm. about constantly. And he, like you say, he's the big man in Washington. He's I think he's ex army, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's a 
powerful man and he's he's you know he's smoking cigars and drinking you know wine with his fat friend, fat politician friends and you he's he's the, the the alpha male isn't he but when he ends up in the in the old west he's not he's the one who's going to get a kicking in the bar you know mm. that's what mm. happens yeah really i think you're right though that is that really interesting setup we get for him don't we mm. um, now, i have to say that every single panel is beautiful in this he's incredible and, isn't he? you know yeah. you, you you've established the character as great at this point as well and, you know in terms of you know i'm loving the fact that he is not you know, you know he's the the nasty guy you know there's going to be you know it's all about redemption thing possibly in terms of the story yeah so everyone moves on then to be the um rather harrowing process of the as you say the wife and daughter being sexually assaulted and and then then murdered yeah um which there's nothing held back in terms of how that's that's presented there's not the body's left naked on the floor in full view in the comic yeah yeah and um and and she's been um or the daughter has been disfigured as well with a an image scratched into her by, by, from the from a knife yeah uh, and that is the desert star that, yeah. that he seeks now this is where it's probably one of the first bits where I start to get a little bit iffy about some of the storyline. Okay, yeah, because there's an immediate, you know, the, the 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 speed of twist on him to go right. I'm going to go and you know find this out. I'm going to find out what this means and you know and and you know investigate yeah. rather than going through the grieving process. <laughs> I know you could argue it's it's just the angry response to, to grieving. Yeah, um, but it, it seems quite interesting the way that he you know he just means it jumps to that and then he not the police but he you know goes out and does some investigation in washington that leads him to find somebody who is a drunk who knows somebody who worked at a hotel who happened yeah. to recognize people who may have looked like the people that were around the house and then you know so it's one random hotel in the middle of, of, uh, yeah. of washington they managed to find and they take one of the names from the um from the list of from the ledger of, of who's signed in on that time and they go that's the one i'm going to go hunt down yeah i kind of get the sense that they were looking just to get out to the wild oh, west yeah. you know yes oh and that that's yeah. where i was like going it's a brilliant set it up and then you know where you want to go and it's like well uh we'll just make them go and I, there was a bit of me that sometimes and the same with some other detective programs or whatever where you kind of go Oh, I can see, you know, how did that, you know, you just happened to bump into the person? Or yeah. you just happened to, and yeah. So there was a bit of that. And there's one or two times throughout this, this story where there is a kind of, yeah, there's some great scenes, but the bits in between are quite weak in terms yeah. of the storytelling. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably where I, 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 and part of it's just me trying to overanalyze it rather than just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was that, that was the sort of thing where I'm like going, oh, come on. You know, you, you immediately go, well, fine, I'll go jump on a train and let's go, you know, 600 miles or 1,000 miles in the other direction just to try and find this yeah. one rogue name that I found in a, in a register. In a, in it a- is incredible when you think the setup to go to the Wild West is less lengthy and elaborate yeah. than the view from the train on the way there. You know, because yes. they, they they live in this. He lives on this train, and I, I know to say that it's you know taken a long time, yeah. but it goes over bridges. He watches people painting, you know, goes across you know farmland, and the fucking it looks gorgeous, man. That train, mm. I could watch a comic with that train all day long. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, page twenty five when he arrives at the railway station. Yeah, in, and there's another bit here as well, which is I, I accept America's vast, but the 
disconnect between the weather in Washington and the weather of where he ends up at the end of the train just yeah. seems a little bit, you know, he's moved from winter to summer almost in, in terms yeah. of the, the feel of it. It doesn't feel quite enough, but that's, you know, but no, on page 25 on the, on the digital version, yeah, the yeah. railway station and the arrival of the train, that, that is, I, I love that panel. It's amazing. Just, and it? In fact, that whole page is, I, I absolutely love um, yeah, the top and bottom panels I would have framed separately on a wall. You know, they are really are gorgeous. Aren't but, they? but you see, I love the middle panel as well, where you've got that whole "he's the man from the city" coming off the train, and you've got the kids that are just going, "Who are you?" Yeah, you know, and that's that first bit of going, "Yeah, you're no longer the alpha male. You're the, you know, you're just the, you're, you're the weird one that stands out here." No. Yeah. Um, and that, that that's that, that, that interesting and so. his slow decline into that vulnerable person is from that point to me you know mm. it really happens and happens and happens and he, he almost feels like he needs to be the hero until that's sort of kicked out of him isn't it really you know um well it, it yeah because when he first meets the girl because he then goes on to meet the um the native american in the bar who's let's just say she's she's uh, a prostitute essentially um yeah. or is a prostitute um in, in the bar there and he he wants to act as the big man because he is the big man about town in Washington and he, he you know the I don't think he's really trying to necessarily be heroic and you know when he starts talking to him and like it is more just a well I am the big man yeah um and again this was one of, you know it's like all right fine you, you, you get where this is going in terms of the the story and piece and you, you think well he's going to try and, and rescue her or whatever the thing, um, thing is to me as well, it, it, I mean, this, like we said, there's some outstanding scenery and packed rooms full of people and everything yeah. like that. But th- my memories of this book really come down to a few panels and also that a lot of it plays in his face. Um, yes. And the face of the girl and the face of the couple of the sort of villainous cowboys. Um, mm. there's, there's some great facial acting going on in this as well. Just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. She, She especially... The, prost- the the main prostitute there yeah. um she's pouting and unhappy and angry and salacious and you know, there's so much going on with her it's, it really is a, a beautiful thing to watch you know to read mm-hmm. yeah just incredible um and then from that comment sorry so we have another one of those plot points which i just kind of go really you know because he, he's getting on the stagecoach to go a little bit further west yeah so the train doesn't run that far the, yeah because yeah. the train doesn't go to the end of the line it goes yeah. as far as the last you know the stop and then the next bit of the line is still being built so you get to get you know but you, and of course the the girl that he was speaking to in the bar ends up being dragged onto the stagecoach and <laughs> you're like going really yeah it's like you know that that those are the sort of points where you go. Of course, of course, you just you know continue to meet the same people all the time, over and over. Yeah, and he pulls um, his gun on the dude in the you know. Yep. So he's almost like a a cowboy pimp. You know, he's the equivalent of the the pimp beating up beating up the girls in Forty Second Street, isn't he? He's that, but a cowboy version of it. And he pulls his gun on him, and then he holsters it again on this long journey, and then sort of looks out the window. It's interesting. I just find it the the sort of male you know macho alpha dog stuff and it is is there's a real balance going on all the time with it you know you, mm. you know you're worried for him but you begin not to like him at certain points you know well he doesn't defend her honor at that point yeah. because he'd rather get more information out the guy yeah because the guy knows the the name that he's he's chasing down 
and you know so therefore he he says well, I'm basically going to follow him all the way to into the, the the final town and that's where I'll have the opportunity to actually you know get the chance to to, to see what's going on yeah um and that I'm just looking at that panel on page 41 the bottom panel where he's walking towards the saloon yeah oh mate yeah just gorgeous you can see the watercolor he's using in the sky there yeah, well, I love the fight scene on page forty as well, which again is so dynamic and things are going <laughs> yeah, on. But yeah. you can also get the feeling that it's just, that is the old west that's that's there, and nothing's really you know, yeah up about it. Yeah, um, and it, I love the color choices that go through this as well. Yeah. The palette because of things. They, you know, yeah, yeah. Because they then go, you know, when they go back into the to the to the next bar, you know, it, it has that feeling of being lit by gaslight. Yeah, you know, yeah, it has that sort of weird orange overtone to the whole whole thing. Yeah, there's a heat um, to it, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Really, um, like, and this is not electric light that, that, that that's that's lighting this place. Yeah, and I like the um, um, the secondary prostitute in this. She appears a little bit, doesn't she? And hmm. she's she's played as not quite as attractive as the main yeah. female, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sort of more, more moon faced, isn't she? I think is the phrase. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, that's it, an interesting point I was going to bring up. Sorry to interrupt, Al. Is is sex as currency in this? Um, sex again. Everything's a power play in this. Everything is, um, you know, money in your pocket, isn't it? To how you control and what you control and when you do it. And sex is very much played that way. Um, and we we come up to a really interesting moment where the, some of the women are played. I'm going to say more realistic than your average stripper these days. Mm. You know, there's no. There's no filters on Instagram for these women. As some of them are yeah. wide-hipped and chubby, and you know, which which would have been at the time, as I understand it, the more attractive female. You know, um, and there's a moment where she stands there, isn't there? She on the stage. It is really interesting, um, and she's looked at, and we kind of we kind of get sight of the villain at that point for the first time, and uh, he's standing at the top of the stairs, which is this Jason Caldry, if he is the villain. Um, yeah. And it's just a really interesting way. It's almost like he's looking down on um, a gladiatorial fight. You know, there's that. It's that that sort of um, Caesarian kind of thing going on. You know, interesting. Well, yeah, but it's also the the way that that, that she's got that nervousness about. Yeah. Well, does he want me tonight or not? Yeah. You know, yeah. am I you know going to have to face him this evening or not? Yeah. Um, and that, that played through is really you know interesting because that has. There is this weird dynamic as well with the, the you've got some of the prostitute or the main prostitute who like is um, clearly a very strong female character. You know, she's tried to escape once already. She's fought back. Yeah, um, she's got a knife on her. Do yeah. So. yeah. But then you've also got, as I say, the, the, the girl, the, the stripper on the stage, who is clearly the much more introverted and is being forced into it much more and doesn't seem to have the power of wishing to escape. Um and then, you know, so later in book two as well, you've got the when you when we get to the whorehouse, if you like, yeah. the you know, the the fact that they're all on drugs and and, and the like, or yeah, there's morphine or laudanum or something going on there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, um, or even if it's just alcohol, I suppose it doesn't. But it's yeah, um, yeah, and and book one basically closes with him saying, right, I kind of know who, or I've identified the the person who has the name that I'm chasing down, yeah, uh, which is Caldry, as you say. Um, and saying, right, I'm now ready to, or I need to find out how to face into him and find out who he is and why he killed my wife and child. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of the end of book one. Um, but book two, the the covers spoke to me when I I first got these through. Um, 
is that it's almost like book one is the hero, book two is the villain from a sort mm-hmm. of cover perspective. You know, it's almost like a we used to get with Marvel comics, you know, where Captain America would be on the first cover and then the Falcon was fighting on his own on the second cover. You know, it's almost a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cordry cuts a dash, isn't he? As a villain, he's got a design. He reminds me a bit of um, almost like a vampire or um, uh, yes. Elric um, or something like that, you know, like a and white the wolf. play thing. on that with, with the trope about the can you bring the people back to life? Yeah. Um, which which I'll come back to as to whether that properly has a real payoff at the end or not. Okay. But but in terms of the cover, cover that also does something that I understand almost every artist hates. Who wants to draw a horse? I know he draws them so well, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's that whole, you know, I don't like drawing horses. And I don't like drawing cars. Is the usual response from from most artists. Yeah. I, I understand why. Yeah. They're not yeah. easy to draw. Um. But yeah, it's um. And, and yeah, book two opens. I wasn't quite sure about the timing of the opening of book two because it's all you know. It's 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 not until several pages in you realise it's a flashback. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's you know basically establishing himself as wanting to. Is this weird thing about he wants to to save the deer, but he wants to you know basically push the guy that owns the land out. And the free, you know, he does all the yeah. things that attack him. It's got that sort of and, hunting motif thing, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he shoots him, but he then tries to bring him back by giving him a special white pill that he keeps in a, in a very special box. Yeah. And sort of, we tend to be pill box. And you have to see, does the pill bring him back? And you're like, going, oh, this is going to turn into a sort of, Supernatural, Again, sort of yeah. supernatural mystery thing that's going. He's going to have superpowers or some sort of or mystical powers of that he's he's found from the, you know, from the west, and, but you know, no, the guy's dead, so therefore he just, you know, burns the building down and, and just leaves, um, and then you realise no, that was a flashback, like, and that's that's where they've now built the town essentially, yeah, um, and it was just about him clearing the way. As you know, that's part of his job of building the railways to to make sure the railway can just be built on whatever land it needs to be built. Yeah, on. yeah. Even um, though, to a certain extent, he loses his power if the railway comes through. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the, there's a weird mix where he doesn't necessarily want the railway ever to finish. So yeah. It's, yeah. Mm. It, there's a weird. Yeah, it's, it's an So that is an interesting dynamic in the second volume of this, where we get more about Cordroy for the what first 10 12 pages almost mm. is it's quite a prolonged section um and then we're straight back into um montgomery but yeah. he is um he's sort of a rapist <laughs> you know yeah he gets I a mean, bit carried away badly you know, it's yeah. like he tries to get information out of the um out of the native american prostitute and <laughs> takes it quite far in terms of yeah you know it, it's um he he gets his money's worth as well as um, yes. to get the information yeah. he wants. And um, again, we get that power dynamic, you know, with sex yeah. as part of the transaction in this, um, or sexual activity as part of the transaction. Mm. Yeah, and it it plays again on the rape and murder of his wife and child previously. Yeah. You know, it really does. It's, this is constant looping of these characters in this sort of descent into badness. You know. Um, yeah. And at this point, you don't know whether Cordry's coming up as the good guy almost. You know, he's he's more relatable almost because we've started exploring him. And he yeah. was this sort of enigmatic character. Yeah. 
it's a really I find that part of it really interesting. Plus, Marini draws a great sexy woman. I'd like to yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's more scenes in the bar. There's more things about the background of of, of Chaudhry and and the, and the relationship that he has with the the prostitutes and how he basically controls that as yeah. uh, his way of of controlling the town. And then you see a flashback again of him as a child, and the the fact that he's got a very a puritarian father and yeah. uh who basically beats him for um for having sex with a with a girl um and that's when you suddenly find that his father has the pills and it's it's only as part of that yeah. storyline slightly later on that you realize that what they actually are they must be aspirin or something you know or you know it's, yeah they're, they're essentially heart pills to to, to say you know keep the blood thin and, and keep pumping but in his mind you start to establish a story where he's going Ah, these are the pills that keep my father alive and can bring him back when he when he's almost um, yeah. about to die. Which is a you suddenly go, all right. So it's not a supernatural power at all. It's it's it's, it's sort of a misunderstanding. Um, There's almost the madness of the king there going on, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fiddling while Rome burns, kind of thing going on with him, isn't there? You yeah. I'd say one of the. I remember when I got sent these through. We got like um, digital copies sent through for preview, and. Um, I remember spinning through it very quickly while chatting to the boys and stopping on page 26 and being utterly blown away by that view up the staircase mm. of him. Just what a page, man, you know. And again, that has that, that vampirelic view. Yeah, that, You know, he's at the top of the stair wearing the long coat. With and a darkened the, face and white you know, hair. And, you yeah. see him. He, he's dressed like the WWE Undertaker coming down the <laughs> yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it also, well, because it's not actually a motion comic, but it has almost the feel that he's floating there as well. Yeah. And he's going to float down the stairs rather than walk down them. Um, which, again, it is trying to play with that whole mystic element to me. But, yeah, I agree. Which... Because I've read so many mystic Western comics, maybe I was partially putting that into that myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the prostitute kills one of the the lackeys, um, and it's basically they go, you know, he basically they, they're going to chase him down, thinking that he's done the killing. Um, yeah. And so therefore, suddenly he has to try and hide in a small town, you know, where there's nowhere to hide, and everybody is on the in the pay or in the debt of um, Mr. Chowdhury. Yeah. Um, and so therefore it's, uh, you know, it's what does he do in terms of how to, to get himself hidden from, from that. Um, and I love the fact that there's then this wee Clark who is the, yeah. you know, it, it pulls out, you know, he's, he's received a, has he received a telegram or something? Yes, he has. Uh, and, it, 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 you know, he's a small man standing next to a big horse with a big person sitting on top of that horse. So the, the, the whole juxtaposition of, of sizings is, is yeah. really interesting. Um, and Cordroy is that sort of evil character. He destroys people, not only with firearms, but also with just the odd line here and there, isn't he? Yeah. He, he's, he just does it constantly through this. Yeah, there's that power thing. Because he has this band of sort of three or four main thugs with him, each of whom has a sort of almost like a separate skill, yeah. doesn't he? Um Almost to a sort of supervillain way, isn't it? You know, yeah. Uh, there's a magneto quality to him, you know. You know, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. But the um, cool. So we we get this motion, this run towards the confrontation at the end. Um, I don't think we'll ruin the ending. Al, what do you think? No. Yeah. I think that's. Let, let's just say that the, he ends up chasing him down to. 
a main house outside of town, which yeah. is where the vast majority of girls are being kept, essentially against their will. Yeah. Um, and they have a confrontation, which explains why there was the why of why certain events took place in, yeah. in Washington. And that that's the one bit where I do want to. You know, it's, it's, it, there is a he does get um, Charlie does get shot and yeah. asks for his pills to be brought, you know, and just to see. And I'm just not entirely sure if the payoff was needed at that point. Okay, because we've you know it's we know that they're not going to work because we know they're just heart pills. Yeah, or they're they're just you know. So therefore, there is a bit about um, is it a bit twee possibly? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was a case of we know this doesn't need to happen. Yeah, um, because we already, you know, the payoff came earlier when we found out that he didn't give his dad the pills. You know, so it's the fact that we know they don't work. It isn't. Yeah. yeah, And then that's not the end of the story, and I think that's where we stop. Um, okay. Yeah. There is a bit yeah. more to, to that it, that actually gives the. It's the not the it, the it it plays with your preconceptions of how um, heroic fiction works in a number of ways, but one of them is the big bad isn't the raise on detra in the end mm. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an interesting thing and there is a twist and that's all we'll say and there is an end so this is you know a definitive two-parter um with an end to it yeah um we won't which we won't ruin because i think you should read this i think if anything pick it up for the gorgeous yeah. art you know I, I, yeah well you've got to pick it up for the gorgeous art with that. i think as i say it's one of these things i think if you go into it Accepting that there's certain cutscenes you need to work through, <laughs> yeah, that and go, yeah, that's not going to take five minutes. That's going to take three months, but they're going to play it as taking five minutes. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, things like yeah. As I say, things like the the investigation in Washington, that was far too quick. Things like that. Oh, you're going to bump into people multiple times along the way, and, and it just happens to be the right people. Yeah, just accept that and move on. And I think that was kind of more my issue when I was reading it. I was like. You've almost got really? to think of this as like a year. You know, it's almost like that, isn't it? This is yeah. this should happen over. I mean, just a and train journey across America is what a few weeks, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes the, the the timing of that doesn't quite have the feel about it. Yeah. They could have put something in to demonstrate the movement of time, perhaps in some way, um, because they kind of do it with the seasons. But because it's also the movement across the country, you don't necessarily pick it up. Yeah, or I didn't yeah. pick it up as much. But it's a beautiful book and certainly worth reading. Um, yeah, yeah, and just beware that Desert Star three and four are by different people. Um, they'll buy different artists certainly, and isn't the same story. Um, so I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad comic. It's just it doesn't hold hold that appeal. The where Marini, you know, I, I buy anything Marini does. It doesn't mm. hold that appeal for me. But it is it's certainly you know a good book. Yeah, good, and that's another another two parts. So there's currently only four parts of this translated into English. I think there's only actually only four parts in all. Um, and yeah, so uh, Desberg writes it, but there's a couple of different artists. Um, Labiano is the artist on that one, and Maffray is the colorist. But uh, yeah, give it a go. Mm. I'm glad you dug it, man. It's um, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's yeah, um, great. Marini's incredible, just incredible. I'm desperate to get hold of this new book of his, uh, the noir <laughs> book. Yeah, just just beautiful. Um, good stuff. And go and Europe Comics have got a sale on currently. They've always got a sale on actually. If you go on Comicsology, they've always got a sale on. Um, so their deal is they translate French and Belgian, some Polish, some Italian books into English. Um, 
I think a Turkish comic as well off the top of my head into English um, with the intention of selling them to the English market so some of their books are picked up um, Mag Garrison for example was picked up by an English publisher some have been picked up by um, um, various American publishers and they then move away from Europe comics and then become the property of that publisher but they, they always seem to stay on this this app and some of the books have never been picked up and for the life of me I can't fucking figure out why because some of them are just incredible um, <laughs> but they sit there um good anything else you want to say about that book man before we just move on to you for a bit oh, i'm fine with that i think that's, I say, that's a, a good piece to stop it yeah. yeah yeah i think so good so um after promising me you wouldn't do a kickstarter this year you did one and <laughs> produced a book what's next for you dude you're well, thinking about I, um, having a little bit of a change in tack were you at some point or did you want to talk about that or can you or um was i you said <laughs> when you reach the end of so many penguins you might have a little think about something else Oh, yeah. Well, is that a while uh, off yet? That's a while off yet. What, right. I'm, what I keep saying is that. Um, so I, I'm still running with Penguin. There's still dailies going out there. Um, yep. I've already done 15 pages, 15 plus pages of the the next book, which is nice. Slow down. Good. Um, the work's getting busy at the moment, so that that will cause me to slow. Yeah, you gave me a um, a very lovely painted ambush bug. Thank you very much. One of my favourite yes, characters. Thank you, mate. One of, the, one of the things from from Thought Mall that we're talking about. Um, yeah. So no, I'm. I, Look, mine, the next big, big thing for um, for Penguin isn't until February or March of, of 2023. So oh, wow. Okay. That's, that, that's our next big... We, we have to try to get to that target because that, right. that would be 10 years. Bloody hell. Nice work. Um, of, of daily strips. Yeah. So now we, can, we can work towards that. So now my, my big challenge um, post-stoppable was that the, the um, self-portrait that I use as my, my picture for work and, and various other pieces yeah. Um, yeah. needed to be redrawn um, as uh, as I don't look like I did in my... Uh, yeah. Uh, no I no longer are you Porthos. No, I yeah. um, for, for people who... There was somebody who to pass my table at football who I don't know. It was a family, and I don't know who they are at all. Who actually said, "Oh, your your moustache is legendary in our household." Oh wow! So, okay, but, but not anymore. It's not nice. Enough. Um, yeah. So it's uh, so I guess I'm now clean shaven. That that's the big big news for everybody that hasn't. Uh, hasn't seen Breaking um, news. I, I have seen my chin for the first time in two in just over two years. So, um, so I, did, I did that a couple of years ago, and I thought, Christ, I look about twelve. Yeah. Well, there there is that whole yeah you do look a lot you younger, which I keep turning around to uh, people at work and say, well, can you say I look old before? <laughs> yeah. Actually, on Monday this week when I, I went onto my first Teams call um, with a couple of the people, I did the, the response from somebody was, oh my god, look at your face, which <laughs> I was like, sure you don't want to reword that. You never you know? want to hear that, do you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> But um, but yeah no so not depending on um, what I will say is as we in uh, in five days time we'll we'll move into December and um, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without repeats so um, there will be there will be a, a, there are you've always got a line for everything <laughs> yeah you've yeah. got to you know um, so no we will be moving into to some of the Christmas gags that are that are there from years gone by. Um, so you no, getting any no. comics for Christmas? Have you asked for any from uh, Father Christmas? Um, I, well, see, this I'm really bad for Christmas. I'm really, you know, because yeah. frankly, if I see a book throughout the year that I want, I I'm the same. Buy it. So therefore, no, I'm. Uh, I have no expectations. Or, or worse still, it's that when when people in the family try to say, "Oh, you're into comics," so I bought you this, <laughs> yeah. and you like go, 
Jeez. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's an thanks encyclopedia of Marvel it's characters. Really, what's uh, yeah. really my? Well, I, I think the year I got the Batmobile soap dish. That that was Class. a proper, <laughs> proper top one. They all, I have got the um, Batmobile, uh, the Batman bubble bath figure that looks like it's from um, the um, cartoon. That's yeah. actually quite cool. That, I quite like that. That's a nice one, yeah, because yeah. that's one where they've actually got the design right to get as much yeah. volume inside the body. As, as, <laughs> yeah. as, no, so not as a design person, I like that. It's the ones where you, you screw the body ha- down the middle at, you know, or yeah. halfway down at the waist. You think that's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> so no, I've got no no real expectations for for coming up. Um, no, uh, yeah, uh, I've got things that I saw at Thought Bubble that uh, I pro- probably pick up afterwards, um, and I've arranged one commission since then as well oh, nice. uh, with somebody that was there. Um, so we'll, um, but that person's just finished a Kickstarter, so I need to, they need okay. to go yeah, through yeah. whatever else, and, and then. I've, I, but what I wanted to do was make sure I was on the list for um, for early next year. So that will be that will be my big expectation and hope. And you got that comic smell issue two is coming out soon, isn't it? As well, you've got that. It is. Yeah, I, I did my piece for that a while ago, and, and the guys have got it, and they, they you know they they'll do it in their own time, which is fine. Um, I think we've been waiting for yeah. that for a few months, so I, that, that's that's okay. I, I I'd rather to, be, I chat to Tom about that and bring it out when you want to bring it out, man. It's, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, what they're tempting me into doing is actually try to do another couple of pages for them. But, I, <laughs> you know, the longer it sits, eventually I might get, oh, well, there's another wee idea I could just throw into it. Uh, it's just pushing on. But, I've actually uh, just been texting with Mr. Mike Sadaka. Mm. Yeah, what a hero. Yeah, more news on that soon. But, yeah, yeah, they're good lads up there. Yeah, good. I think it's turning into I'm only having Scottish people on the show apart from Eamon at the moment. I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's how it's going. Well, um, uh, the, somebody came up again at Thought Bubble to me and said, you know, why are there so many Scots here? And I think it's partially <laughs> because of where we were based. But there was, and except, you know, in that particular piece okay. of that hall, there, there seemed to be a lot of, of the Scottish creators kicking around. Um, and actually, this Saturday is um, Scottish Comic Book Day. Oh, of course it is. Hashtag yeah, Scottish yeah. Comic Book Day. Um, as supported by the Scottish Parliament, because it was uh, a motion was laid down yesterday in the Scottish Parliament no, to support it. Really, bloody yeah. hell! But um, it's <laughs> what is it? Dennis the Menace is sixty this, uh, eighty this year. Oh right, okay. There you go. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember everything, but it's. Oh, as you see, Scotland as being, um, you know, I always call it the spiritual home of comics, but I do actually prefer the comic scene up there. I don't know why. So many of my buddies are like yourself and Canon and the TCS crew and Jim, Jimmy McCulloch and all these people are from Scotland. Mm. And it, it just seems to be a bit healthier up there in attitude. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't know why, it's just uh, less cliquey somehow to me. I don't know. Oh, it, it, we, we're as cliquey as well. It's oh, just yeah? Okay. Different, yeah, just you're in the clique, that's all. <laughs> um, I always say that, you know, you, it's, it's that whole thing about, you know, you, I always didn't like being in the fact that the comic scene was Clicky until you got into one, and then it was just something. It's like clicks are great. Yeah, I never felt like I was in one. I was sort of, you know, I'm like I'm making I'm fun of it, but grumpy it, about everything. But I know what you mean. I sort of, I kind of, I was always anti, you know, that sort of thing. But I suppose we are, aren't we? Which I kind of admitted to you when you admitted it to me really recently, didn't you? So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I always turn around and say that if you've got an in joke, then you're a click because even if you are willing to accept anybody into it, it's it's harder to get in. Yeah. Yeah, um, like Samantha Mumba, or or Nintendo for that matter. <laughs> yeah, um, 
you know, and all these in jokes that people are never going. Oh, I'll start turning the podcast off because I don't get the in jokes. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But the yeah, it, it's look, we are not, and we're not exclusive. That's the thing. And yeah, no, not, yeah. If you want to join our clique, you're more than welcome. Yeah. In fact, the yeah. Slack has grown by quite a few people this week, so that's good. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. Um, I where can we find you online? Where can we find you? Your comments. You can find me online by just searching for at Penguin on any form of social media and you'll you'll find me good stuff man um flesh and ink has just finished as i speak today um on the patreon patreon.com forward slash tribute press um myself and adam wrote five issues which we're quite pleased with sort of uh, rough and ready undergroundy feel to them so that's finished mm. today um, good. thank you mate um we've got a um a lot of knobs in the last week i don't know if you know that um we got um a, a week of just sort of other stuff we'll be talking about and then Hopefully, uh, Fur will start. Hank Fur, which is the new project I've done with um, Daryl Thorpe, which is he's killing on it. I'm absolutely over the moon with it. It's just brilliant. Um, wait till you see it. Um, and that will run through past Christmas. So I think Excellent. it's going to be about 50 pages. So that will run through um, uh, on a daily basis. If you are on the upper tier, so it's not... Uh, it's not extravagant but thank you for the people who are if you're on like the if, if you're on the 199 tier don't worry about it if you're on the higher tier we did stick something out that said if you we won't be sending you a comic uh, monthly because we're not running on a monthly schedule now um so please just change your tier back to the normal lower tier um as we won't be sending out comics once a month if you see what i'm saying um so if you are on it please do that but so uh, you won't be disappointed with fur it's 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 a cracker and we've got another podcast to do before christmas and like i said at the start there we are at the satanic flea market on the 12th um which is in um metalworks which is a place behind the angel tube in london it looks proper nuts um and we'll be there i'll probably be laughing and feeling a little little frightened me and adam are there so come along and say hello um unfortunately it's the same day as the comic mart which we couldn't help but uh I'd like to have gone to the Christmas coming well, but it's the same day. Good stuff, man. Um, Shall we say goodbye now and um, we can talk about the next book to do? Yeah, speak soon. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm.